Yeah, so we are here to get in deep. Got some uninterrupted after hours I am looking forward to. To my own surprise, really, really happy to be here. Really embracing this time with you. Gonna be making some chamomile. Chamomile tea. If you get really good, strong chamomile tea, you can have a really good fruity flavor. Just some drink ideas for you. Very relaxing. It can sometimes keep you awake. It doesn't do the stereotypical putting you to sleep kind of thing. So you can uh, join me for a drink and kind of hear me put around and make that. So you do this episode. This is reality. This is raw, real life stuff, including even the simple sort of fun ideas for conversational conscious spiritual drinks that can that are healthy that can help you to relax and or stay alert um or that are at least even just fun and then like alternatives to sweeter drinks um and things like that i like to talk about that on this podcast because so much of our time in conversation is spent having a drink in our hands, whether it's a cold ice drink, a hot beverage, a lukewarm water, anything. You know, I think so much of our time is underestimated. We spend so much of our time with a cup in our hand, and I just, I think it's kind of fun to share what's in my cup and what could possibly be something you like in your cup. Um, because this is a very, as we go very deep into this podcast, um, I acknowledge that it's, uh, important to have a a good something to drink. Um, when you're having conversations with others even, or when you're serving others or when you're getting served by others, or when you're out thinking by yourself having a drink or journaling like so much of our time even if it's just water is spent having a drink and um, I think we drink more than we eat because you could go without eating longer and it's not going to be like completely dangerous it can actually help in some ways um then you can't even go on without drinking anything and I, we end up drinking more than we do eating. I, I really, really can see that. And and it's actually better in some ways to digest your food if you drink after you eat and kind of separate the two. In some cases, other, you know, a lot of cases you can enjoy both. But depending on which, and we'll be doing some more health episodes related to food and drinking things and um, cause all that is always changing and especially being in different age ranges now, things like that. I think it's really kind of cool, but, um, kind of warming up for this episode, right? Because um, this is going to be a really good look at gender and relationships as it pertains to adulthood and we can even dive into childhood 
just depending on where we want to go with this episode and how far you want to get in this episode. If you find it's very disagreeable, you know, move on to another episode or even another podcast entirely. Like if you feel that this shit is just very disagreeable to you or if you feel that you kind of don't fit this um you may not even fit my ideas or my interpretations and so if that's the case that is completely understandable and i respect it um but this is just some real deep ideas based on only my experience one of the realizations, we'll start with realizations and insights based on what I've been experiencing lately. One of the realizations, insights, scenes like this that I've experienced is that it's not necessarily about your truth, my truth, their truth, and that all truth is truth and that everybody has their own truth and that multiple truths are true. Um, because then that's kind of going, you're getting away at that point from what is real and what is not and that kind of thing. And I can understand, but really what it actually comes down to is experience because you're only going to believe and agree with what you experience in your life. Like you're not going to completely understand where I'm coming from. And I'm not going to completely understand where you're coming from, to be fair, either. If I have not taken the time to experience where you're coming from, if you have not taken the time to experience where I'm coming from, things like this. And so kind of pacing around a little bit, looking for um, my cup. If I don't find, I will just get another one. Um, I don't know if, if you're like this, if you have a cup that you absolutely love. I tend to do this every time. Um, and I've done it as a safety measure for my daughter being so little. And just overall, just a safety measure, having mugs with lids and things like that. And it doesn't actually, I'm finding it doesn't matter as much in some ways. But it's become more of a preference than a requirement. Starting to kind of understand that a little bit. Um, that is all right. And hello, train. I love the sound of trains. Um, I could sleep with trains. I could also kind of relax and be awake with trains. They don't instantly put me to sleep all the time, but I'm not afraid to fall asleep with them or um, be awake in conversation. I feel like they come at the perfect time in a very meta way. Um, some music will do that when you're listening to the, you know, people traffic and stuff. Um, trains will tend to do this. So. Anyway, not going to attach, apparently, to my preferential cup, and that's okay. Um. So it's like real life, you know, you're, you're hanging out, we're hanging out and just 
experiencing this together. And I like that a little better for myself. That's how I do philosophy. It's real life as we're going about our lives. Sometimes I will podcast with you and make segments in the middle of um, virtual errands. I don't necessarily do it if it's real serious in-person errands, um, unless it's very casual being out. But I just like the idea that we can experience life and practice philosophy as more of a spiritual practice than a an academic practice with a certain structure and set of circumstances and whatnot. And I know we've been talking a lot about that. So in any case, literally, here we are. Um, a lot of our conversations have been about support systems with other people and collaborating in music together and emotional states and relationships and gender. Um, and just all kinds of things that we're going to start going over. It's hard to get started um, when I'm kind of like thinking and pretty excited to get started because I've been waiting to make this episode for quite a long time. And um, I figured it would be fun to just do it in this way. So starting to see the benefits of not being so attached to one preference all the time um, with this cup, um, with that certain cup I had. And um, when you kind of finally kind of set up your life in a certain way, you can begin to understand when you need to adapt to certain things, like in this case, um, when being attached to a preference like the cup, for example, is a little bit too, um, it takes over too much. It's a little too much of an obsession. I've spent hours looking for that one cup in the past while kind of half cleaning up, half being distracted by whatever else I find I need to do. And it, it, part of it has been a good motivator to kind of be like, okay, this needs clean, this needs done. But it's not necessarily um, productive or even um, what I want to actually be doing all the time. And a good cup of tea is nice when it can cool down anyway, uh, slowly with a sipper, um, and can cause you to slow down a little bit too. I think sometimes when you have a mug with a lid, you kind of speed up your your drinking and it kind of goes a little too quick with any drink. Um, you kind of tend to appreciate it when it's in an open cup sometimes. I don't know why that is, but anyway, life as is, right? So let me turn this off here. All right, goodbye, there we go. Okay. So I'm going to move down to the comfort down the stairs, the comfort of the living room here. This smells really herbal with a hint of like a stronger um, fruity kind of herb. I, I think the chamomile itself is stronger than the um, 
kind of the um, fillers within a lot of other chamomile teas. This one tends to be um, you might hear the couch recline a little bit. Tends to be um, one of the stronger ones and they have a different sort of flavor texture it's a little more carbonated as well a lot of chamomile is very thick a lot of chamomile is very thick and has a sweeter layer to it i don't know if that's necessarily artificial or just less herbs but in any case let's get settled here grab your favorite drink pause if you need to or just listen if you feel like you can still multitask a little bit and keep up So, we're here um, in this experience right now, and I really, would like you to open your mind and think about the way that you experience life in your own preferences in your own awareness in your own body in your own encompassing existence if it helps to close your eyes put your head back whatever it is that it takes you know really inquire about this really think about your valid political points whatever those are about gender about relationships, about spirituality. And um, we're going to take a couple minutes of silence to do this together. Sip your drink or just deep breathe, whatever you want to do. I don't like to dictate what everybody needs in order to get into a state of relaxation. Guided meditation is awesome, but that's not what this is. It's just giving you space right now. So take this space as needed. Have gratitude for what you have in your hand. If it's your device that you're listening on, if it is your drink, if it's the fact that you may not even, maybe you just had a good something to drink or you're kind of feeling pretty good. You had you'd been having some something to drink or eat all day and you're kind of good and you're just taking in the air. So What was it like for you? We really think about it. We can start with the mentions I made and hinting 
based on what I've been doing and talking about that gender and relationships will come up. And so what what was it like as a kid, if you think back to being a child? Did you have best friends or did you have just a group of friends? And how many best friends did you have versus... Did you only have one or did you have times where you had none? In my case, when I talk about relationships and how I've practiced them from being a kid has been different in a lot of ways. Those relationships that you would have thought would have been more romantic were not and those relationships that you would have thought would have been not romantic were. Um, but a lot of it was always based and the way that I was able to get away with having like multiple relationships in a way that others didn't do is it was always based on some kind of interest. There was always a romanticism of not the other person, but the interest. And there's an imbalance to doing this, and I know a lot of us do this as adults and that's kind of how we have our multiple friendships and some of us with depending on our relationship style it's how we can form our multiple relationships and this is the way that i keep it all balanced actually without um and it's not perfect by any stretch but there's been a balance if i see that that balance is starting to become where it's uh, somebody's expecting it to be more than it is, like even recently, um, or expecting to be kind of overtaken, taken over, that kind of thing. And there's more, there's a little too much illusion. Um, I kind of will let them go in a sense. And as far as even being a kind of friend, if it's just taking over into romance into each other a little too much um and then kind of with other unmet expectations um like as in not the same sort of values or not the same you ever notice that like everybody has different values I told you I didn't know where this episode was going to start and this is a different place than I thought but in any case it's a good explainer you might value for instance and this will be getting into gender um, in the thought process. Is that I think that what, what happens. Now, keep in mind, this is not going to fit all. Like, all, all stereotypes are not going to be looked at. We're going to do our best because I have plenty of experience with this. Some of this is going to be very stereotypical from society's point of view, and then others, it's going to be very uh, much based on if you're more masculine or feminine. And it's also going to be based on, we're going to get into the nuance of, of beliefs of gender relationships. And I am definitely aware of multiple, multiple gender outlooks, and I'm educated on orientations. Um, there's a lot that I still have to learn, keep in mind, and so I would love a conversation on different orientations, 
um, because there's so many, like, what they call, I, I think of it more as gender orientations now, but it is still, it is kind of still being called sexual orientations. Um, there's, like, a bunch of different ones that will describe people, um, and because a lot of those actually are not as sexual as we like to make them out to be, I kind of feel like they're more gender-oriented, um, with more spiritual elements, and I'd really love to be more educated and talk about it here. Email me, lifeisartreality at gmail.com. Things like pansexuality, that is more based on um, the person within their gender. Um, I know it's more based on the person regardless of gender. Um, things like bisexuality, where the person you're more attracted, you're attracted to each one for their gender specifically, um, in appreciation of their gender. Um, very, very interesting sapiosexuality where you're attracted to somebody for their intellect. And demisexuality where you're attracted to somebody because of their, um, it's an emotional sexuality and just a bunch of different ones that, um, are very interesting and we're learning so much about all these kinds of things. But again, I think it's more about relationship orientation even than it is about sexual orientation because I think we try to over-sexualize everything. And I guess that could be where we start. Um, but getting back to the, the beginner explainer, A lot of the kind of relationship practices that I've like mentioned and talked about on this podcast, I said I would talk more about one day when I feel more comfortable. Now I'm starting to. Because what I am starting to realize is that a lot of this is not as sexual and it's not, it doesn't have to be about just that. And it, that doesn't have to take over. Um, it puts us in a place of being a little bit more in education, um, but you're gonna find that a lot of us feel misunderstood regardless of our gender. Why is this? Well, there's a lot of stereotypes of what men should be and there's a lot of stereotypes of what women should be. Um, some of these things have Some of these things have had to check the recording. Some of these things have actually become um, different than what they used to be. Which for some of us leaves us a little bit perplexed in a certain sense. Um, I'll definitely get to that. A lot of that has to do with understanding the other gender better. Um, a lot of that has to do with understanding yourself better. So, in gender, what is it that you were taught that you had to be? Or were you taught that you could be a little more open? 
Um, I would say in some ways I was brought up in a couple different households. And multiple different ways of living and then even being around. Growing up a little bit more open around tribalism with friends and chosen family more so than just your typical um, immediate household family only, which was really good for understanding a lot of different scenarios and understanding a lot of different results of life decisions and understanding just a lot of different things I knew would change in the future based on just watching. If you watch the future as it unfolds, if you're kind of watching how technology allows kind of our genders, both genders to be in different ways. And so kind of starting with understanding a little bit more rather than just trying to theorize, right? I think we've demonized the masculine and the feminine a little bit with each gender. We've said to one gender, you're too feminine and it makes you weak and vulnerable, right? Then we've said to another gender, you're too masculine and you need to get sensitive. Um, and both of those are wrong and both of those are right, depending on what you're looking at. Because some people are frustrated with each one. What about our interactions? In a lot of ways, right? What makes it so weird about interacting and exploring these these kinds of where we interact with people and even even just as adults like and I don't know how much because I know like in the 90s for instance you had your friends and you had a set of like certain boundaries that were involved in your friends and maybe some people go by this to a certain extent now but I don't think it's quite as common as it used to be where the girls would get together and the guys would get together um, and there were like certain things that your friends were for and then certain things that your spouse is for. And I don't mean in a sexual nature. I mean in like a, um, you're, you're not necessarily there for your friends to, in the 90s and 80s and kind of earlier. You're not necessarily there for your friends. Um, the chosen family thing was not as understood right and so like your friends were not really going to care about your parenting because they had their own shit to worry about um whereas as kind of life has gone on it really did depend on like your family dynamics like some you did have some exceptions but a lot of it was always more based on immediate households and things like this so we're just kind of getting into society right now we'll go deeper trust me um So these moments of silence are just as much for you as they are for me. So if you can understand your need for the space as much as mine to take a sip of your drink, to think about if what I'm saying is resonating, 
to think about how it could apply to you, how it may not, and to decide if you're sticking around or not. So I'm starting to bring that back as I had had in my previous episodes and not be in such a rush to get something out. So, one thing that I do think that is starting to be more of an awareness um, that I really wasn't aware was, well, actually a lot of us have wanted to ignore this from a female perspective because we've had a lot of like our own shit And I don't mean, oh, we've been through so much. I mean, our female community. Like, we've had a lot of our own baggage that we have not taken care of. We've had a lot of our own competitive nature. We've had a lot of our own feelings of just overly indulged in getting one thing over another that it's kind of like let's say you have a birthday and you're just enjoying your birthday so much because you you needed a relief your year has been tough you you've had a hard year and you're just enjoying your birthday so much uh whatever that looks like for you maybe you eat a bunch of cake and you know, you're kind of, everybody's waiting on you hand and foot, right? Like, you've kind of chosen to have one of those birthdays. Um, and you're kind of like, yeah, I'm ready for a new year, um, a new start, things like this. And you're kind of like enjoying that sense. Maybe you are having a quiet birthday. Maybe you're not traditional about your birthday. Um, and you're just really enjoying and soaking it all in. But let's say that you kind of forgot like once your birthday was over this hasn't really happened but I mean it's happened a lot in movies where or cartoons where people wish their birthday was every day and then the cartoon shows their birthday was every day for a year right and and then so your birthday is every day for a year let's say let's say you just kind of have a repeat of every day and your birthday is every day for a year um and you think that that's what's going to make up for your bad year you think that that is what's going to make up for what used to be where you used to not be allowed to do a lot or you used to be like it was normal to be like told what to do and it was normal to be um judged and it was normal to you know and so you kind of like well I have to hold on to my birthday I have to hold on to my rights to have my birthday every day uh, because if I don't fight for that, then it's going to go back to the way it used to be. And there hasn't been a balance sort of a thing within kind of the female um, thing. Like we have not started to understand repercussions of how we've ignored that maybe the men have also had a hard time. And I'm talking um, kind of feminine and masculine, but also just even if you don't fit the stereotypical feminine or you don't fit the stereotypical masculine, like, 
we've been ignoring a lot of the just the overall like attention that we tend to want all the time or the affirmations that we tend to want all the time and when we talk to our friends about relationships ending I've really been reluctant and I was doing really well at not talking about other relationships with people that didn't have anything to do with those relationships until I cracked a little bit because um not necessarily because I was like breaking down crying or anything but because I really genuinely wanted to see if they were going to tell me um honestly if I was being too sensitive um about kind of a recent end and kind of a recent de-escalation and just overall a recent like halt and what was actually said that things had to do with trust and I kind of took that and interpreted it the way that I interpreted it which actually turned out to be a lot of insight about females about myself about what I had expected in different ways and about gender and I think one of the reasons why females have a hard time and you know like if you've ever heard these sayings like you're hanging out with your buddies and maybe one of them is a female and they're like I get along with guys so much better um part of that is because You've interpreted your thinking that females have just hurt you so bad. Um, you put your trust into them and you thought that because you guys had this thing in common of being a female, um, which has its own kind of ups and downs, you kind of thought that there's like this like girl code or this understanding amongst each other. Even if you didn't always have your best days, even if you didn't always have your... Um, your best buddy kind of outlook with each other and you weren't always perfect. You always kind of figured that at the end of the day, you would be out for each other. They have a, a bros before hose, right? So what about like, I know in um, Australia, they have the saying or uh, New Zealand rather sisters before misters and things like that. And it doesn't necessarily mean um, because I know that that is an old saying, the bros before hose thing. And in some ways, you know, you could say, well, that that just makes me feel like you're putting us out to be the bitches and the bad guys all the time. Because we do a lot of shit that manipulate people. And so in some respects, we've earned that. Um, this is an honest episode. Like, I'm not here to sugarcoat or make um, or favor my own gender here. Like, we've earned a lot of things. Um when they say bros before hoes, it comes from like the 90s and probably earlier on where there were a lot more, like there was a lot of cheating going on. Not that there isn't a lot of cheating going on, but you know, where guys would just be ridiculous as like high schoolers and they would just fight over girls and just stupid shit because the girls, females, we have this competition spark. Our feminine energy ramps up and we're not suddenly 
you know, one day we're out for each other if we're helping each other look good. But then when one of us gets more or whatever, then we're not out for each other so much anymore. Um, guys do this in their own masculine way as well. I'm starting to see how frustrating it must be to maintain masculinity. And it's not even a down, a putting down of. Like, it really sounds kind of frustrating. If you ask me because you have a lot of testosterone going on and you have this little, like, beast thing within you, right? Um, but then you don't know what to do with it. And then you have, as a result, people who they're not trying to get fucked over and they're not trying to, um, they're not trying to ruin whatever they've fought for, whether that's their relationship, whether that's their being a parent, whether that's their peace and alone time, whether that's their job or career, whether that's their money. Um, they have a lot of things that they have to continuously, like you men have to continuously fight for. And then you also have to be nice to women or else we're going to see you as jerks and we're going to call you out or not, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm starting to actually understand how tough maintaining masculine energy must be. Feminine energy is more about emotional control um, and not knowing how to interpret our emotions properly because really what I've come to understand is that emotions, they're not useless necessarily. Like they're in us for a reason. It's like if you're thirsty, it's not useless that you're thirsty. You need some water um, up to a certain point, you know. Um, things like that. Sometimes you could have some ice and on a hot day or whatever, and, and that will alert you that, hey, like, I'm going to get dehydrated. Excuse me, I'm going to get dehydrated, like, if I don't drink water. And so if I sidestep and kind of, like, fade from one topic and forget about it and go to another topic, I'll come back to that topic. And if this episode doesn't... um quite get deeper into that topic i'm doing episodes more breaking this stuff down so we're just sort of getting into this here over the summer it's not just in one episode this episode is a very deep look at all aspects but we're not going to cover everything in one episode and so um, i'm taking my time with this but i'm also recognizing that like this could go on for a while to really break this understanding down so with emotions um what I think they're actually doing is telling us more about ourselves than they are about other people. So in my previous relationship that had kind of halted and ended due to my own choice, it is not necessarily because the person did anything particularly terrible. It went against my values. Um, and I'll get into those in a minute. But it was more about me than it was about them. And I know that there's a saying as far as friendships, relationships, whatever it is. Oh, it's not about you, it's me. But sometimes I think that is a very wise thing to know about yourself. It's not going to help telling that person, but it's a thing to know about yourself. Um, my set of values comes from 
if people, for instance, have a disagreement over something very strong that I've had to fight for um, when it comes to parenting, right? And they disagree with things and they're talking about parenting, for instance, um, around others and because when you're getting out of a bad situation and into a better situation, sometimes um, and if they've known you in that bad situation, all they're going to remember is the bad situation. They're not going to know or recognize that you're getting into a better situation. A lot of people in our community have a very low sense of self to the point where they will proudly tell you, like you didn't ask to know, but they will proudly tell you things like I'm wearing this so that I don't have to find the bathroom or, um, you know, as far as like an adult diaper or something like that. Like they'll proudly say, it's not because I need it really. It's just, it makes it easier. I, it's my little method or whatever. Um, or I'm doing this, um, and kind of understanding things in this way so that I don't have to clean or just like whatever it is. Like a lot of us have a very, like we're not happy um, in our community. Or um, I got a situation where instead of really taking it upon myself, I had, I you know, I got threatened. I got my own rights threatened that somebody had to come and clean my house so that I wouldn't have to be the one to clean my house um, and I wouldn't have to lose my house and I wouldn't have to lose my housing over not wanting to clean it but if they want my house clean they can find someone to do it for me and they can't just kick me out they can they can find someone to do it for me and then I guess if I have to I'll pay them but they don't have the right to kick me out and I don't have any consequences like our community is a mess right um and being somebody who's always been kind of the person who said, like, stand up for your rights regardless of whether or not I fully understood things, and maybe that's to my own detriment, um, they will become very embarrassed about certain things, and they will, you know, go back and talk about things that have nothing to do with what they told you and they'll go back and in order to divert attention, they'll talk about um, you and you didn't have anything to do with hurting them in any way or anything. Um, in fact, you were trying to empathize with them and help them to see what they could actually do to help themselves, right? But then instead they go and talk about you to people that you're actually very close to and they go and, and tell you things about standing up. And what this has to do with gender is it's a very feminine move. And it's not done intentionally, but it's done um, with emotion because they want that person to see a different side and maybe that person doesn't. But then that person is so engrossed and in need of any attention that they could get in some ways That despite the values of standing up that they actually did do, which brought everybody closer together, they went back on 
on that by kind of going and allowing them to get close to them and get into their phone and actually trust them. Um, and it's almost like sometimes being in feminine energy like this, there's, and I'm not saying all, because I think there's a lot of really beautiful relationships out there between females and whatnot. But, um, a lot of this has a lot to do with, I need all the help I can get. I need the, all the attention I can get. And I'm going to add them and then I'm I'm now going to put you back in it and say I figured you would know this and that and you could be um, offering even more help while I'm also getting the help from them. Um, and if people are going to talk this much about somebody else, you're really going to like and, and their kind of lifestyle and their situation. Trusting them with your phone is probably not the best idea, especially when you interact with the other person on that phone and things like that. Um, but a lot of this, he said, she said shit, and they did this and they did that. That's what females do a lot of the time. That's what we do, like I'm including myself in this. Because um, there's probably things that I do I'm not aware of or whatever. Um and yeah, and you know, my husband and I were talking about this and I didn't want to listen, but what he said is kind of true. Like a lot of guys will get into fights. I'm talking like heteromasculine here, like or heteronormal or whatever you want to call it. Where it's, you know, traditional dudes will uh get into fights. You know, coming from like the not that you want people to fight, but that's what they do. They get into the fights. Maybe they punch each other. Maybe they, you know, it gets that bad is the point, right? They're cussing each other out, whatever it is, right? Um, maybe they don't talk for a while. But then it gets to a point where, like, if they really value the, the, the certain values, it's foundational enough that they don't care. And they're punching each other, and then, like, five minutes later, they're hugging each other. Um, because they had to get their frustration out. And the masculine energy understands that a little more. Where the feminine energy, there's a lot of emotions there and hurt and pain. Whereas the masculine, it's just like, it seems like it's just energy and anger and letting it all out. Maybe in the wrong way, but letting it all out. And I'm not saying that all, all the males get along all the time when, when things happen and and all that, things happen, um, depending on people and how they know each other and things like that, especially if they're protecting people, um, their family, their kids, etc. But we tend to have this, um, some of us as females just have different values than other females, um, I probably have a lot more higher expectations. Um, just for being hard, I'm one of those females that are kind of hard on themselves. And so when you get that, um, there's a lot of higher expectations that I put on myself if I'm going to uh, be close to people. And so I sort of have this default of, okay, they're going to see that and they're going to automatically integrate that into their own uh, treating of me and it's like no because they have their own values 
and they shouldn't have to just change like that and you're not certainly not going to change like that like my value is to weed out a lot of people that are unconscious and don't want to and have low conscious behaviors and don't want to upgrade maybe that's a little bit of bettering then um but I probably don't like asking help for help to my own detriment. Like, I'm not perfect about it. I'm not saying I'm really better necessarily. My values are different. But I'm not better. Um, I will walk around trying to find where to go um, a little longer than to ask for help to the point where it's kind of silly and, like, I could have just asked for help. That's kind of how I am. I'd rather just try to do something um, and not just include anybody, not just trust anybody to help me get my mail or any of that. Um, and I'm, And so when you have, like, when you think about your relationships and your friendships, you know, when you were a kid, was it like just a bunch of friends that you would hang out with and it wasn't a big deal and you all had fun as a class? Or did you have your one or two or three best friends or just your few best friends? With me, I did get to a point, sometimes I'd have a lot of friends if I was big into my music career um, because that will get you a lot of like admirers and friends and fans and all that kind of stuff. They're not really, they don't really know you, but they are really, really kind and admiring what you do. That's cool. Other times when you're I got into states of being introverted and focusing on kind of the writing aspects and the reading. Um, and I didn't really want any friends and I liked being alone. So much so that I would request, I would like really beg my teachers, can I please go work in a classroom by myself? Um, I value the work that I'm doing more than like being social. Um, even though I know you want me to be more social at the same time. And they eventually respected that. Well, if that's going to help you get better grades than whatever um and they got tired of me and so they were like whatever just turn in your work <laughs> um and then i got to a point of having like the close circle and the few best friends and it was a very tribal i didn't even know like what all these new labels are um when it comes to sharing relationships and things like that. But it was more, it was really much, it was based on that in a lot of ways to where I was kind of living, even in high school, I was living at my girlfriend's house and we had our really close circle together and we shared in that. And then we were helping each other take care of a lot of things. Um, and we were kind of like living at each other's house in a lot of ways. Um, so it's very tribal. Um, and it was, it's kind of like, you can't really forget it once you've done it a couple times, had these kind of close relationships with like your few best friends or whatever. Like you can't really forget that sense of loyalty. And so if you kind of feel that somebody is exhibiting something other than that, then you're going to end up blaming them. And then you're going to blame yourself for wanting too much of a higher standard. And then you're going to blame yourself for these values. Um, that you have because not everybody has those. Not everybody thinks of it life in this way. Some people have their feminine energy 
for these, um, they do help their community, but they're going to help themselves um, as a way of making sure that their needs are getting met because they never want to be in a situation where they're unsafe and their needs are not getting met and things like that. And so, to understand the frustrations of, and really even the downfalls of like, the way that both genders misunderstand each other we like to blame each other for our politics today. We like to say, well, it's the men's fault for continuing to repress us. Or it's the women's fault for continuing to victimize. And you know what? We're both right. It's both our faults. It's just a society game at this point. And when somebody tells you and this is definitely including myself because I'm kind of getting into this whole management thing and it's a little new, but it's necessary. Like when somebody's telling you to manage your emotions, society does not affirm us. I mean, they do not affirm that. They affirm the emotional. And so when you hear something like, control your emotions and don't, you know, try your best not to have them and things like this, you're going to get very defensive and say, but my emotions are, can be sometimes beneficial for everybody. And sometimes they can be um, useful, but they're not useful towards other people. And I think that's what we all can recognize, but they are useful towards yourself because it's how we navigate really. Um, men could kind of run on one emotion, maybe two at a time, from what I understand. And again, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, because it's the only way we're going to learn. But from what I understand, men can run on like two or three emotions at one time. Women have to run on like five, ten emotions. Now, there are those of us who have really gotten into using our brains, even having second brains, or just really upgrading our brains, whatever way that looks like. Maybe it's not a second brain for everybody. Maybe it's uh, creative outlets or um, math or whatever. And we've really used a lot of logic, but like most people don't see that because a lot of us have earned the reputation for being emotional. And so you're going to automatically assume that you have to tell us that emotions are wrong. And you're not wrong for doing this. If you're in fact doing this, if you're a husband telling their wife, for instance, to, you know, not be upset over something, they might really know not to be upset over something. They might know it's not helping anybody. Or you might not, you know, telling your husband, oh, um, you need to be a little more sensitive about this. They might know that too. But what I've started to understand is that it's more about opening the mind than it is about changing 
our state because we're wired a different way and our experiences are going to be only our experiences. So if you're saying to someone after they've worked or after they've dealt with a lot of bullshit that they're letting it get to them a little too much and you're not having to necessarily deal with the same bullshit, it's really hard for them to learn anything from you um, especially with the example. And sometimes it's better just not to engage in it, to engage in other things, maybe to find other ways, maybe change the subject, maybe just be a listener at this point. I've had to do this even with family who are female, where it's like, I'm not necessarily experiencing what you're experiencing. And sometimes you wouldn't even choose to experience what they're experiencing, like you know, in all the ways that it's not healthy. You know that in all the ways it's very destructive. And so at a certain point, you kind of have to like be, you can play a role of being therapist if it's detrimental to your living arrangements and you can then survive that way for a little while and keep things in harmony. But eventually you have to just kind of like focus on yourself and listen. Now emotions. What are they really for? They're telling you to have silence for yourself. I've done this a couple times the last couple days. Finally, I've kind of gotten back into it. Getting real deep into it a couple years ago and now finally getting back into it after a weird couple of years. Um, your emotions are actually telling you to go and spend time alone with yourself. They're not necessarily designed to communicate to other people in a controlled, orderly, or um, respectful, or even a uh, an effective manner. Because it's not going to benefit you to go up and talk to somebody when you're really fucking emotional. Like, that's not going to work. It's actually going to make things a lot worse to do this. It's actually going to make you a lot more... Um, you're going to be blaming them for not being with you in that damn emotion because they are, they have a lot they have to fight for too and they have a lot that they have to deal with. Things like this. Getting into even the, a lot of the victim blaming that we like to do. Some of us will take this to a level and accuse other people of things that they agreed to do with the other person, especially being where you used to be in a relationship with somebody, you agreed to do the things that they wanted, and then later you're going to turn around and say, and this happens in our female community a lot, like you're going to turn around and say that it was forced, or you're going to turn around and take somebody to court over it, or you're going to turn around and say that you were manipulated and coerced into it when you agreed to do it and you were enthusiastic to take whatever it was from that person male or female by the way like we do this to each other um men all this kind of stuff and what about the forceful nature of when a female wants what they want and because they don't necessarily have and i'm going to get a little graphic here so if you have kids listening put your headphones on um, or pause and come back when you're in your adult time, but 
because maybe the female doesn't have a penis, right? <laughs> um, they're not expected to be the one to manip- manip- manipulate anybody. Something we don't always want to acknowledge or talk about, but you see it in different um, news sources or shows or that kind of thing. Newspapers, maybe you see it around in different ways. And something we don't like to think about because we like to say that it's always us who are unsafe and that kind of thing. And that's not necessarily always the case. Although it is when you don't take precaution and things like that. And on anybody, like we all need personal responsibility. Um, to not make somebody feel like they could. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of blaming going on on both sides. Because people just like to, we all like to, to blame each other and feel like the victim. And so understanding, I think, what the other is dealing with going through things like this, I think will help us to process things better that the other gender doesn't always have it the easiest. Um, But that if you are feeling in connection to transition, then that is completely up to you and that is your call and we have the technology out here to do that as an adult i gotta add as a child i think the healthy way is to explore you know wearing things um different toys to play with different you know if you are kind of like acting or role playing that's cool But I think to see all the way through somebody when they become an adult is uh, probably really, really smart in making a big decision like that and then kind of working your way up, uh, making sure after you hit puberty especially, you know, whatever decision can work um, and not having to deal. It would be a lot of stress to deal with during high school even, for instance, and so maybe saving a transition that big, a decision that big into, like, greater adulthood could work. Um, But we have a lot to learn when it comes to that and um, how to process that because not all of us grew up around transgendered. Um, But there's also other options. There's non-binary where you don't feel like either gender, you just kind of feel like a very spiritual person. Uh, From what I understand, there's even... Um, or you feel like one or the other sometimes and you change, you're interchangeable to genders and all kinds of things. Um, and we're getting educated on that. Um, but I think there will always be the people that are straight, people that are cis, people that are hetero, and they're going to feel underrepresented as well. Um, and they need to have their own community as well, I think. I think that's healthy. I think that's a balance. And so how, you know, how do you kind of process your femininity or masculinity at this point? In dealing with the understanding, for instance, um, kind of getting this new understanding and being a little more open to learning 
from podcasts and different things about getting to control your emotions and getting to a greater peace. The one thing that I've recognized in some of the things, um, and I'm a little bit lost because my segment got unsaved because there's not really a warning when time limits are reached and that kind of thing. Um, not to not to get off topic at all, but I had to go back quite a few times to see where I was. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping not to miss a few points here um, to continue because we got very deep and I want to I don't want to miss anything. Um, so, moment of silence as I finish off this tea. A good trick, there's always tea left in the bag, and if you squeeze it inside your cup, you will get the last of it, and it's pretty strong. It's pretty good. And then no tea, no drop is wasted, right? Herbs and all, wow. Cheers. That is some drinkable big herbs in that tea. That is some big herb. <laughs> anyway, um, and so one of the things I was consciously aware of for a while that I kind of really wanted kind of an honest sort of opinion and someone who kind of has always been pretty honest and never told me what I wanted to hear. Um, I wanted to know if I had been overly sensitive in this area of life where um, the values were not matching. Um, so if I repeat a little bit, it's because the segment got lost. I'm not sure exactly necessarily what I said because I was skimming around so far what we have here. And so... Um, You know, the way that people survive is very different and their values align very differently. And so in kind of the the friendship relationship kind of dynamic, the real close, you know, you could say real close friendship, um, I really consider like deeper friendships more about relationships or friendships that have been around a long time even. Um, I even like the word relationship better because I think friendship is so devalued and it's not taken very seriously um, to where you can just treat someone like shit and eh, they're just a friend, I don't care kind of thing. And I don't think that that's very cool. Um, and so I do tend to lean towards the word relationship either way. But um, what ended up happening is that the, I wanted to know if I was being too sensitive on the fact that they needed help with their phone, needed to survive people who were, you know, talking about situation when it was bad in front of people that could have taken that and whatever. Um, that part, I think there was a lot of paranoia around, but the um, understanding that the, my situation has gotten a lot better in my life um, our daughter's a lot better off, we're a lot better off, things like that, that I probably didn't need to feel threatened anyway. But the, the sort of values that you stand up for somebody, but then you trust the people you stood up to with something as valuable as your phone. And, um, 
I am all about, like, if you're going to be in a room with somebody. I've been civil to people who we didn't get along and we had good reason. Um, Because it's easier just to be polite and have some sort of, like, civility conversation, things like that. And kind of you might as well, if you're choosing to gather together, you might as well be a little bit okay with each other for that time that you're there or whatever. You don't have to go over the top, but you're okay enough where you're not completely you know, disengaged or whatever, if you're going to be there. Um, Just really trying to think of these important points because I did get a little lost in this segment. Even though I've been constantly checking that I'm recording. Um, Oh, well, that's something I'll have to adjust to a little bit and adapt to in recording styles here. Um, But either way, it is about... um, that we all have our own kind of ups and downs. And I think with masculinity and femininity, they're both frustrating in their own ways. Masculinity has all this built up energy that it's trying to get out and express in a healthy way. And femininity has all these emotions that are trying to be listened to and heard and expressed outward in some way. Um, And so I think some tips are that even if you are one gender or another, you can kind of like burn energy anyway, because I think that's healthy. But especially in being um, feminine, I think you just need to find a little more time to yourself to process your emotions. And then if you need to communicate, you need to communicate. But it's important to do that. Um, first to process your emotions um, so that your communication is more effective so that you can um, understand somebody. This is a friend, um, a child if you're a parent, a spouse, etc. right? Because um, you're going to be way more effective once you process the emotions and let them all go and let them all out on your own and you're going to be way more understanding to yourself and way less hard on yourself um it doesn't mean you should live in emotion and i'm managing i'm learning how to actually um not by different sources and things and again our podcast community talks deep about these things and so it's really kind of cool that we all share in our own kind of we share in our experience together here out here um some of it is in very artful funny kind of um lyrical ways and others are more in kind of teaching and um kind of in practice kind of ways and so they're all philosophical things like this we're all kind of living our philosophy right out here i'm not like somebody who started this whole live your philosophy thing i think it's it's just been in all of us anyway um i've just kind of pointed out in words cognitively what philosophy um has evolved to and what it really is what it maybe has always been actually and so um you can enjoy and respect what the other gender has without hating your own gender and you know of course doing something about it again like we talked about if that's what you want to do but to also recognize um, that you can respect somebody else's values even if they don't match. Like, I can respect somebody for being 
really mega sexual, even if that doesn't necessarily, if I've, if I've found out being more, um, growing more and things like that, that I'm not mega sexual and that that's not who I am, I can actually bag up a little bit and respect somebody else and for their preference of that. And I think as females and males, we don't respect other females for that. We like to call them out on it too much. We still have this problem somewhat. And depending on who you are and who you run with, it could be a huge problem or it could be semi or it could just be, oh, be careful or whatever. But it's still a problem. Like we don't tend to respect females when it comes to this. There's a double standard and females do it to each other. I'm not blaming the men here for this. Um, not that all men respect it, but not that all men disrespect it either. Um, we do tend to see men as like, oh, that, okay, cool. You're into that. I'm not. Whereas with females, we tend to have this huge, like, problem with it for whatever reason. Um, and it's really kind of silly at the end of the day if it's somebody else's preference. Um, and you can really, you know, understand where somebody is coming from in this way. Even though you know that you can't always meet that need. Um, that is not a need you can meet anymore. Um, and we can find all kinds of excuses to, um, and relationships without even being aware of what we're doing just because we might want more time in our own deep work or in our own self. And that's kind of what I've recently done, um, without being aware of how I've treated someone or, um, maybe being a little too paranoid or whatever. And a lot of that I think has to do with the side effects of becoming the frustrations actually that your 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 lower conscious is expressing the frustrations of reaching your higher consciousness i think is what's happening and it's not a i'm better than it's a kind of higher preference deeper preference you're having a lot of awakening that kind of thing sometimes your awakenings can make you an asshole i know for me like my awakenings can make me a total bitch sometimes because you're in this mode of like I'm awakening to all these things. I'm learning so much at once. Um, I'm connecting so much on a level with spiritual practice and whatever. Um, why doesn't everybody else catch up like to me kind of thing? And it's like, well, no, everybody's on their own pace. And there were times I was behind other people. Um, and you can't forget where you come from either. And... We can actually, a, a real strength to having closer kind of friendships and not actually being addicted to romance and not actually being addicted to um, certain things in society um, that are more materialistic like sex. It's, it's like not even a bad thing to be addicted to those things. But if you're not being fulfilled by those things... Um, in certain ways where you're you're not finding it that it's deep anymore like what you're recognizing is that um maybe with one person it's really deep in that aspect but that you don't have to have that in a lot of ways like even because it's not just about sex right it's about um dancing or like, in a lot of ways, things are sexualized, right? Or, like, just in certain ways. Um, so, based on that, 
you recognize that, and this is how my relationships have thrived over the years. Even I was able to have multiple relationships and bond with people, even while being and expected to be with one person. Like I realized that I was not being my full self when I was kind of focused on one person or felt like stuck with one person. Part of that is, has a lot to do with interest. And so we get these labels that we sort of make, it makes us feel a little bit deeper or smarter or um, like all these personality labels. I tend to do this a lot with like the labels of like anarchy. Um, I did this with polyamory for a while, just the label of all, overall. It wasn't really so much um, an obsession, a, a lifestyle that there were times where a lot of that stuff you kind of get into like a rabbit hole kind of thing, but it wasn't um changing the whole lifestyle uprooting your kid or any of that it was just more about you know feeling identified with something and we all kind of do this to a certain extent or we feel identified with something that others have pointed out maybe we've researched it a lot of it with personality types and I, I used to think it was wrong and I used to be very dogmatic about why this shouldn't happen and I started to understand it by learning a lot with others here in the podcast community that it's actually pretty accurate and there's nothing really wrong with it inherently and that it's in fact helping um and things like that but at the same time and we can refine and we can understand kind of the asshole pitfalls of some of this stuff like we've done here on this podcast with consciousness because awakening is it's taking a lot of time away from like um extroversion and things like that and then in other ways you can be awakened while you're extroverted um it really depends on how you're doing this and taking care of yourself all the future episodes on it it's important i've never really went deep enough into it and so i'm hoping that i didn't miss any points but this has been a very good experience i think for all of us I really do appreciate you joining me. Um, any points that I have missed will probably be brought to my attention. I'll think about them and do another episode, honestly. Um, probably one of the longer ones I've done in a while, but I really just wanted to hit this home um, when it comes to gender and relationships. And, you know, not all of us fit the norm. Not all of us fit the stereotype. There are some females that are using more logic and math and things like that and a lot of people don't understand it and there are more males sometimes that are using a lot more of their intuition a lot of people don't understand it now i'm not saying that that's with anybody in particular at all but i think like we see it within our own selves that we try out the logic thing for a while and we find it's really hard and we're not affirmed as much or somebody might try out the emotion thing and they find it's really difficult and they find that they're not affirmed in that as much because of just our gender norms and stuff like that. But what is normal, right? And so I really appreciate you connecting on this. Um, if I'm inaccurate in any way about kind of like male gender or um, anything to do with any of the orientations we've discussed or... Um, kind of the anything that 
at all that I've discussed. If it, or even if there's something you want to add to it that I haven't hit on, definitely the bio is the place to find where to connect with me. The bio of this podcast. The show notes, you can always leave a voice message. And we will continue to stay connected and dive deeper in these topics. Thank you so much for being here with me, sharing your experience here as an active listener. Take care of yourself, take care of your life, take care of each other. And continue to affirm yourself either way and refine as needed and do your deep work that you need to do for yourself. Keep going even if if you know it's work that you have to work on and things you might need to change. It's totally worth it um, for your own peace of mind and your own understanding in depth.